welcome back to the Teas and Seas of Life podcast with Tanya Hello, my mouth got proper tangled then because I went to say good morning, good evening, and then I was like, but if I say that, then it I don't want, I don't know. Oh, I did the intro very quietly as well, like a little bit of a whisper. Yeah, it drew me in, I and I think that's what, because it, it is evening, so even the fact that I went to say good morning is quite confusing, but maybe. The darkness is really fucking with my head just now. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, the change in season. It. It's, and the clocks um, go back as well, didn't this week? Yeah, yes. Back or forward? Back, fall back. So does that mean you get less time or uh, more time? So this will be half past seven. No, you get an extra hour. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice one. I've got that Sheppy, so it ain't that nice. Uh, Why are you going over there? Football. Got me oh. at Sheppy at nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, God. But at least now, technically, that would have been ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so it's not so, quite so bad. Yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, hi. <laughs> yeah, we, we have just spent half an hour before we started. I have a little bit of a catch up. Um, but we're on episode 31. We are. Do you know what? Our year anniversary, our birthday, our birthday's coming up in November. Yeah, we started. Yeah, we started in November. Wow. In fact, really? Do you know what? Um, get, have a look on, on Spotify. Ha, no, yeah, on Spotify and have a look because, yeah, it's definitely coming up. And fuck, I hope I haven't forgotten it. No. Or missed it. It was definitely... Oh, 5th of November. Holy shit. Wow. Next week. This week. Wow. Next week. Next week. <gasps> is that next Friday? That is next Friday. <gasps> oh, we'll have wow. to do a special one. Oh, what can we do? That's we're not doing it live from the garden again. No, it's cold. And it's dark. Can't. And it's dark. <laughs> it was dark last time. You could barely see me. It was ridiculous. <laughs> 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 That oh, it's gonna be like wow, a year. Yeah, we did have about a 10 month break, but um, yeah, (laughs) well, it just goes to show we're on episode 31 and there's 52 weeks in a year, so we have had a couple of breaks. We did a break between season one and two, and then between two and three, well, it was half the year, yes, it was from June until I don't know. Anyway, this is not interesting. No, it's not insane at so all. Sorry, and that's like two and a half minutes of dull drivel. But sorry. I do have some news. Um, John has emailed us this week to tell us that he's mentioned his school, or he sent your details for part to his son's secondary school. So that is really exciting. That's that is thank the you, John. Whole purpose of what we're doing. I'm not the only purpose, but it's lovely that that yeah. is. No, it's that is really the word nice. out there and it's getting people engaging yeah. in what it is that you can provide for schools and yes. for young people and for the education yeah. body as well. No, that is really cool. Thank you, John. And thank you to there's um yeah, everyone that does sort of sing parts praises and pass around the word. Yeah. Word. Word. Pass the word. <laughs> thank you. Spread God the speak. word. But, um yeah, because that's very cool. And yeah, yeah I, I love doing the schools because that's that is the bit that I do love the most. That's the magic, isn't yeah. it? That's where it happens. It that's is. Happens. It's very cool. Um, Claire yeah. has also, one of our very loyal listeners, Claire, yeah. um, mentioned today, she sent a text to us both. Okay. I think you did read it. Okay. It was in a group chat anyway. Probably. But... Saying how much balance and boundaries are such powerful, powerful words for her. And we were talking about balance and boundaries in last week's episode. If you remember. Can you remember? Don't you don't remember. <laughs> we spent a long time. You were t- you were ranting about boundaries. Was I? Well, I didn't realise at the time. It wasn't until we came off and you're like, yeah, I was really ranty there. I was like, really? Do you yeah. know what? I saw Claire's message 
And I did think, when? This is what happens. Like, this is, I think I have Alzheimer's um, and blaming it again. Because <laughs> I swear to God, things just leave my brain. But thank you, Claire. And it is very true. Balance and boundaries. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it gives you that structure, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It really does. And yeah. um, I was supposed to shout out um, one of our, another loyal listener. We're starting to get a bit of a, a little bit yeah. of a fan base here. I, I was in Headcorn a couple of weeks ago and I ran into one of our listeners, Charlotte. Hmm. Now she's got, um, she has a home furnishing store. Now I want to call it Grace Mary Interiors. I hope I've got that right. Well, you bigged up someone's company. Well, anyway, it was lovely to see Charlotte. And she said how lovely it was um, that she's been listening to our podcast oh. since the start. So. Oh, I know. thanks, everyone. I know. Do you know what is very... That is, that is really cool. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like we always say we love doing this. And I think even if no one was listening, we'd still keep going. Yeah, we Just because we love doing it. But it is nice, actually, when people do say that they're enjoying it. Um, so yeah, thank you. I realised the other day that I haven't put an Instagram post up in about a year. Well, not a year, because obviously we haven't been doing it for a year. <laughs> but I do need to start, get back on Insta. I'm useless with social media, hence why I don't do my own yeah, social it's, media. It's, it's hard going, it's hard going. And it's not Grace Mary um, Interiors. Mm. That is <laughs> that's the name of a paint that I've been using. Wow. Well, it's, oh, that's I don't terrible. even have the words for that. I know, that's terrible, <laughs> that's terrible. What is her business? Oh, man. I'm going to find it now. I'm, do you know what? I'm going to have to really quickly scroll on yeah. Facebook. She's um, looking I'm, gonna, I'm stalking you, Charlotte, on um, the... Oh, Dorothy Shaw Interiors. I knew it was like... What a, did you a, say? I said Grace Mary. Now, Grace Mary is the name of the right, paint okay. that's in that little basket over there. So not Dorothy Shaw. No, but it's kind of close. No. It is. It's like two names. <laughs> and I got the interiors. Could have been right. it. Well, so yes. Dorothy Shaw Interiors yeah, okay. is a really, really amazing, stunningly curated collection of Ooh. interior like, um, furnishings, soft furnishings, Ooh. artwork. Really, really Ooh. lovely. Well, that sounds pretty really nice. Yeah. And do you know what? It's really weird. I didn't realise that Charlotte had that shop either because I've oh, walked my. past it a few times and thought, oh, when I'm here and I haven't got kids with me, I'm going to go yeah, in there. Okay. And I stupidly had a child with me oh. the last time. And my niece, who was whinging in the oh. background. So it meant that I couldn't stand and had oh. have a proper chat with Charlotte at the time. But Spons it was really sports. lovely. And it's yeah. So I promised her I'd, I'd shout her out. Nice. In our last episode, but I completely yeah. forgot. That's I'm gonna blame, yeah, I'm going to blame you and your ranting. Yeah. All right. Um, but no... <laughs> In a nice way. It was in... I enjoyed... I enjoyed... I always enjoy a podcast. Yes. And they are good. They are good. But have you got any news? No. No. (laughs) It's half term. That's a mother's answer during half term. Fucking ask me how my life is. You should know. (laughs) Honestly. No, I'm not balanced or boundaried at the minute. So no news, no balance, no boundary. But I'm here... Yeah, you are. And with you. You are. That's helped my brain immensely already. Oh. So the balance is being restored. Yeah. It's really. hard, isn't it, when you work from home and yeah. you're the head of the family. And when there's and other people in the house yeah, with know, you. So this is my off my house is my office. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be random people in my office. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they're annoying. Yeah. And they're loud. And they want feeding. And they don't want to talk to me when I want to talk to them. Mm. But they want to talk to me when I'm in the middle of something. Yeah. They need to leave. All of them. Mm. And the dogs. <laughs> Just if, get out of my house. <laughs> get out of my house. Please. I mean, 
you know what? Today I was uh, I was on the way back from a, a team day, which you were supposed to be coming to, but yeah. you weren't able to. No. And um, on what took what would have normally taken me a journey of an hour took me four hours <laughs> because I was st- there was an accident on the M2, yeah. and uh, it was standstill. It wasn't like chugging mm. along, like doing a little kind of ten meter stretch and then Not, stopping again. It was yeah. like turn the engine off. And take just handbrake on and just sit there yeah. and it was three hours we were sat there for wow. uh if not slightly longer than three hours mm. and uh i sent uh i sent a message to trev and said oh in this traffic jam i sent him the, the news article mm. and um he sent back it was so funny because i was having a little game with myself i was like what is he gonna reply because <laughs> if trev was in the car he'd be oh he'd be oh, climbing God, the yeah, walls yeah he would be that man that gets out of his car stands on the roof of the car and say what's going on i can't see what the fuck is going on oh and it was just he so his reply to me it even had angry faces in it let me just um how many angry faces were there let me just see oh no way, but you're well angry, angry face. So two yeah. angry faces. And I was nice. like, I'm not actually, I'm actually really just loving life. Chill. I never oh. get, and most women can relate to this. I mean, mm. that's quite gender dynamic but mm. I'm very pro-feminism. Yes. And most mothers will be able to relate, or women can relate to that not feeling that they've ever got time or ever got space or ever an excuse alone. to just be alone. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. It's... Mm-hmm. I miss that yeah. so much. And I think I've got so used to it working from home because I'm alone. And then even... Like, I've been. I've started going back to the gym. Mm-hmm. And that, I love that because I am headphone cap. Don't mm-hmm. look at me. Don't talk to me. I'm here for self. I'm just there. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the gym and Sam came with me. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's hilarious. <laughs> that he like sits on my lap in the gym or anything like we don't really talk but you know when you're like you have to make eye contact with someone and even that was like yeah you need your escape don't you yes i think you do i just yeah just to you do you do need that don't you to sort of bring you recharge yeah rebalance yourself yes Mm -hmm. yes there's nothing wrong with that at all no um well i was listening to an episode of my favorite podcast just the gist Oh, and right. it was um it was their first ever podcast that was of the title just the gist that was I think they're like their first first 15 episodes were something about like the bachelor or something like that. I've never listened to them right, okay. but their first ever like te- storytelling right, episode okay. was this particular one which they're recapping yeah and it was about Monica Lewinsky oh now I have oh that's been a long yeah so I was 14 when the story broke with Monica Lewinsky okay. and um, maybe 13 turning 14 in a couple of months so I was really young really right. like clueless like hmm. we watched the news the news was part of our dinner ritual like we had the news right. on at the dinner table but nobody was allowed to talk at the dinner table because dad was watching the news catching the weather forecast and as a farmer we respected that because yeah. that you know he needed to know what was happening outside yeah. of the, the farm fields yeah and um so i didn't know what the actual story was in monica lewinsky so listening to this podcast or mm. that particular episode really really opened my eyes but it also set off a series of events have happened for me in the last 10 days. Hmm. And um, so I listened to that episode and 
it really it got me thinking a lot about owning your own story and and Mm -hmm. like not letting the story take over i mean she's in her 40s now like she's her life she shut herself away for such a huge part of her life and stayed out of the public eye Hmm. through fear of being bullied and being just torn through the mud for Hmm. what for what happened and I believed what I thought I knew of it from what the headlines was, that she was this terrible woman who'd had an affair mm. with the president. You know, who does she think she is to try and lure him mm. in? And um, so listening to the podcast and, and hearing a bit more about it, it is actually tied in with the launch of her her drama that she's the producer of, okay. or one of the producers of. It's called Impeachment. Right, um, American Crime Story and what? it's on BBC2 now there's 10 episodes hmm. and so the first one was out last week I think drama or docu uh, it's a drama so it's a dramatised version of the true of, of the events so she's oh, right, not okay. she's not in it so there's a there's a, an actress that plays her hmm. um, there's nobody that's actually playing their true roles right. in there no. and um Oh, it blew me away. Fucking knocked me off oh, my okay. feet. I thought I thought I knew the story because I had heard oh. the jokes, I'd read the headlines yeah. as a young girl. I and, can't even remember it fully. Oh, it's just it's yeah. absolutely heartbreaking yeah. how that girl was treated. Yeah. She was it was consensual from from both their aspects. Yeah. Neither one of them was being taken advantage of. But mm. what did happen to Monica is that she was she, the her his Bill Clinton abused his power mm. with Monica. He wow. he um and it's it was not an isolated incident either. There was loads of other mm, um, okay. um, complaints um, about yeah. him. And the first mm. episode shows one of them. On, yeah, on okay. it's absolutely brilliant the drama and it's yeah, okay. so annoying. it's a weekly thing for 10 weeks yeah. but it's, it's so, not all on there no it's oh, not no but it's very very good it. it's really I've become a child of this world that needs it all to be there why not challenge yourself to because it? It, we, well we did it the other day we started watching one that I believed I'd had recorded <laughs> until it got to the end of the last episode that I'd had recorded and now I'm so angry because I wouldn't have watched it and now I'm like, oh my god, I've got to wait, and it's re- ended on such a good cliffhanger mm-hmm. that I'm really impatient now. Angela Black, it's really good. Oh. But, um, it's on ITV. Um, so yeah, I can't even say what it's about without giving away what it's about. But it's really, really good. Okay. The, and now, but it's still on the telly, and I right. don't do that. Okay. I do record. A full well, series. this, I mean, because there's ten episodes, it's going to take. Well, that's it's takes you Christmas. beyond Christmas. Beyond Christmas. Oh. Well, I don't know. I, I, I can't do that kind of monthly mathematics. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Wait, no, because it's two months to Christmas. So, yeah, it takes you into 2022. Wow. There you go. 2022. But weirdly, Aidan was, he went down to Sainsbury's yesterday on a walk with his friend. When he came back, he says, Oh, I got you a book, Mum. Which there was somebody had books in in the end of their road end. And um, they were just free books. So, he took it home. And it was Bill Clinton's book. Bill Clinton had written this. It's, it's not one of his autobiographies. Or, right, okay. It was just a fictional novel which he'd co-written with James Patterson. Ooh. And uh, I just thought it was so bizarre. That is random. Th- these people have not been... The story has not been part of my life at that all. That is really weird. Yeah, I know. But I also have this conflicting kind of 
self-talk that's gone on at the moment about my story and the things that I think I maybe need to think about or start talking about. Hmm. And I just, there was a couple of things that listening to Monica or listening what? to the episode about Monica Lewinsky and what she's hmm. said. And then she's done a TED Talk as well. Okay. Uh, it's like 25 minutes. It's really, really interesting. She's not talking about her story. She's talking about how we should not be bullying bullying people mm. online and how yeah. much of a detrimental effect that has on not only their lives but the lives of everybody else that surrounds them yeah and um which has actually kind of led me on to why what we wanted to talk about in this episode although we're kind of nearly 50 we're past 15 minutes <laughs> into this episode already but it's yeah. hope mm. it really inspired me to talk about hope and that's one thing yeah. that she said that she always had although she for a large part of or for a long time after um, she was interviewed by the FBI and the story came out in, mm. in the headlines, she was not, she couldn't have any privacy because she was mm. in such a dark place yeah. that her family were worried that she was going to take her own life. And um, But she said, even despite all that, at some point I started to develop or started to feel hope again for the future. And it made no, me okay. just, it's such a powerful word, hope. Mm. But I was watching or listening to Brené Brown. Mm. Um, she was doing a talk with Oprah. It's not a recent one, it's an old one. Right. Okay. And um, a lot of what they were talking about was hope. And okay. that feeling of... I think of a lot of the work that we do with, around mental health, it's mm. it, it can feel really heavy, it can really mm. pull you down a lot of the time. But the word hope actually puts a glimmer of mm. light onto it. And I know I've asked you this before about in terms of like anti-racism and seeing the world in a different light. Mm. And sometimes you feel like it's not possible, but there is that hope that yeah. there could be. So what does it mean to you? Do you know, it's, it's, it is, it's one of those words that when you think like of hope, it, it's that like, Oh, who was talking about this the other day? The power of yet, or the, oh, the science of yet. I can't remember. So just so thinking of like if someone's saying I'm not successful, no, you're not successful yet. yet. So yeah. you've still got that hope at yeah. the end of it, and I think it does reframe stuff. And it's very easy, like you said, with the work that we do, like the day job. Mm-hmm. It's it is draining when you constantly, especially at the minute, like you're in pre one to one stage, and it is. It's mm-hmm. just kids saying how crap they feel basically mm-hmm. that and then with the anti-racism stuff it always feels like you get to a point and then you're like okay oh no mm-hmm. there's still this again but I am always very hopeful mm-hmm. that not in my lifetime I'm aware of that but I have hope that in my children's why do you say that not in your lifetime there's it's, there's it's too, too much. much there's too much there's structural the systemic kind of racism is too big and mm-hmm. that's going to take generations to sort of unpick and to be able to have if you think of things like the prime minister or who's going to oxford and cambridge that is still a very white quite rich mm-hmm. like group that's going to take education in schools to change at the bottom mm-hmm. to that then revolve round so that you're getting a mix of people going into these top schools and then able to do top jobs it can't happen overnight mm-hmm. and you get they've got to let go of their power but I think it will happen I think that there's more awareness of it now so people are 
doing more to get that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think if I didn't have, if I didn't have that hope, I think that's what keeps me going because mm-hmm. it can get bleak. But you have to sort of have that hope that yeah, do you know what? This is all everything I'm doing is for a reason Mm -hmm. because it's going to get better and I might not see that but if I don't do that then my kids won't see that Mm -hmm. so at least if I do it then hopefully my kids will see it or their kids will see it but somewhere along my future line someone is going to see a world without racism Mm -hmm. somewhere that possibly yeah (laughs) they will that word yeah it really does invoke hope doesn't it It, Mm. Um, I try and always encourage my kids to think within the kind of the boundaries of growth mindset. So always mm. having yet at the forefront of their mind. You know, they say, "Oh, I can't do this. Mm, you can't do it yet." Yeah, and it it completely changes the phrase, mm. doesn't it? It's like, yeah. "Oh, I can't do this. Mm, you can't yeah. do this yet." Yeah, and it really it just makes you think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could it do spins this. It doesn't it? It completely spins yeah. it. Yeah, and it takes you away from that that moment of not being able to do something or not being able to see that light. Mm-hmm. And it, there are points when you truly can't and when things are truly bleak, but you have to have that glimmer of hope that things will get better. And I think, especially doing the work that we do in mental health, mm-hmm. that that's something that really needs to be, that we have to pass on and that we have to try and help people with because you see what happens when people don't have mm-hmm. the hope. Like I've lost people to suicide mm-hmm. that, and you know that because they just felt like hopeless in that moment mm-hmm. that so isn't it it's just I know it's an accumulation of events and sometimes mental health is you know it can form a disease mm-hmm. and it's not just a quick fix or you know no. writing down your thoughts on paper but in that moment the hopelessness is overwhelming yeah and if you can't see any hope mm-hmm forward why would you not mm-hmm. if you're in a bleak time you're everything in your mind feels overwhelming feels rubbish you can't you don't have that hope you don't have mm-hmm. that oh do you know what it's just now then if that's where your mind's at mm-hmm. you can see how it happens and you when you look at kind of survivors of suicide that's a lot of what they're saying and that moment it was like, well, I couldn't see any hope. I couldn't see yeah. any silver lining or it ever getting any better. So I just thought, fuck it. Not yeah. that puts it very, very simply. But it's, yeah. There was, um, I remember watching a documentary once and it was about the, oh, it was a handful of people that had survived jumping off, what's the famous bridge in America? Um, that, Golden Gate? Yeah, I think it is that. And they've, and every single one, I know it's, it almost feels a bit of a cliche to say it now because it's, but it is true for those that have talked about it. They mm. always say that the moment they jump, they mm. regret it. Mm. I mean, fucking hell, man, that just, that really, it speaks to me like it has mm. this strength in my chest that it just, what must that feel like to somebody mm. to not have the hope? But how can you give somebody hope? I don't know that you can always give them hope. And do you know, I had this, we had, 
random drunken conversation at the weekend when we were out and I don't know why we got on to kind of suicide but I think a lot of us that were out had either lost people to suicide or known people that tried to take their own life that and just saying the guilt that we feel for those that we have lost the guilt that we feel that we didn't do more mm-hmm. or that we didn't do enough to save them that and actually you can only do what you can do and I think it's I'm not I'm not a hand holder. I've never been a hand holder. I'm not good at holding people's hands. Mm-hmm. I am very much I need people to sort of do for themselves to a point. I can give you knowledge, I can help you, but you need to I truly believe that I can't do everything for everyone else. Mm-hmm. So even if someone is completely hopeless, I can be there, but I can't be there twenty four seven. Like mm-hmm. that would be impossible for anyone. And so I think that because you could be there 24-7 or 23-7 and then that one hour, mm. you're gone. And then that's still going to drive you fucking crazy because, oh, my God, I left him for an hour. But it doesn't – I oft, I always think you, you can only do so much. Mm-hmm. And at some point that person will find that in themselves or they won't. Mm-hmm. But you should still always try and do what you can do mm-hmm. but not have that – I think it's very difficult to take away that guilt, but – I think you do just live yeah with that. yeah you can't you can't spoon feed it to people can you you can only yeah. just I guess signpost and a lot of what we do with our work with mental health is signposting people yeah. a lot of the time and sometimes it feels like you're it's a bit I don't know well I can't help you but here's something you yeah. might be able to help. it feels like a bit of a an afterthought but actually that yeah. in that one action it could be the one yeah. thing that helps somebody see that. Yeah. Oh, there's actually a, a better service that's better suited to yeah. me. Yeah, we always say that getting the best support for yeah. you is. I know that when I've, like, I don't do practitioner stuff as much, but whenever I did, and you'd get someone that really wanted to come on, but they were too high need mm-hmm. for us, and saying no to them. But I had to be really clear on myself to go, do you know what? No, because we're not the right service, yeah. and that we would be doing them a disservice. Yeah. So, not my job before. Um, Mab was with doing outreach work and I think that's where I've learned to be I needed Mab because yeah. at the time I had no boundaries Yeah, I had no I was very much I'm holding your hand mm-hmm. for everything 24-7 they had my mobile number yeah. call me at any time If and I did get calls yeah. often that I want to take my own life I just self-harmed there, and I would talk them down as much best as I could mm-hmm. but then it would play on my mind all the t- like it was always on my mind. Mm-hmm. I couldn't switch off, and you never got it, supervision in that role either, did no, you? We didn't get anything. It was all, it was all, and the things that you think we were in people's homes, yeah. like daily. That and I, I truly, I think it was one of my favorite ever jobs uh-huh. like, ever. I loved it because I loved seeing the strength in the, the, most of the young people to overcome and being there and helping them get through it. But I think it. As much as I loved it, it also it took so much from me mm-hmm. because I felt like I was their hope. Mm-hmm. And that if I wasn't there, what the fuck's going to happen? If mm-hmm. I take myself away, I'm the hope. I'm what's saving you. And that's fucked up in my brain anyway. Mm-hmm. But then that's it's wrong. What actually got them through was that they had the resilience and they found that hope in something mm-hmm. to keep going. And you have to let people find their own hope. You can't be that for them yeah. I don't think 
I think it comes from empathy as well, though, doesn't it? Mm. When you can, and that's something that not a lot of people can, whether they're aware of whether they're empathetic or not, mm. it's quite a difficult thing to 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 spark in somebody to mm. without feeling like they're condescending or yeah. they're patronising, but actually just listening to somebody and, mm. and letting them speak yeah. and not putting words in their mouth and not telling them that everything's going to be okay mm. and, oh, well, you know, it's happened to me or it's happening to loads of people around the world. That doesn't yeah. help in no. the moment. No, God, no. But so many people, like, one thing that I've started noticing with people in general, not one particular particular person, is when somebody cries and they're like, oh, don't cry. Mm-hmm. You know, just... Yeah. It's, it's such a, a natural reaction. Yeah. Oh, don't cry. Yeah. Fuck off. Don't tell yeah. me what I can and cannot do. Yeah. In my my weakest moment, when I'm crying in front of you, yeah. don't tell me not to no. cry. No. And I know it's always... It always comes from a place of kindness. It never comes from a yeah. place of fucking hell where you fucking stop crying. <laughs> well, sometimes. Well, yeah, yeah, sometimes it could be. But yeah. it's... It's just... When you... When you hear those words and you... Oh, don't be upset or don't be sad or mm. don't be scared. That's another yeah. one. Don't be... Don't be this. Don't yeah. be that. And I see it a lot with children. Mm. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it just, it, it does frustrate me because we're, what you know, we're trying to encourage our children to mm. be independently minded and to be able to think and solve problems for open. themselves. Yeah, that's exactly, and being open. Like, how many mm. men and, and people, women, mm. who struggle to be open because they've always yeah. been told, don't cry. Yeah. Don't cry. I know that I was growing up, like, I've, I, I... We know this. Mm-hmm. There are no feelings here. <laughs> it's a swinging brick. That's it. My <laughs> heart is made of ice. But it. I know that when I was younger, it was very much that you're strong. Mm-hmm. You don't cry. You don't get upset. You just keep going. You yeah. just and you just think, yeah, cool, yeah, I'm strong. Nothing gets me down. It's bollocks. Yeah, it is bollocks. The strongest people I know are the ones that break and are not ashamed to break mm-hmm. but can then carry on mm-hmm. but knowing that yeah I've got to get it out but then I'm going to keep going because yeah. there's I know I've got to keep going mm-hmm. that's um yeah I think that is proper strength mm-hmm. for me but yeah I think we do I know that it's so easy like you said someone's crying oh don't cry no. it's okay everything will be okay no. but and I think that's something we've I've learned doing this job as well not to be a fixer because mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to be a fixer mm-hmm. when just you want to especially I think when you are quite empathetic because you want to make it better mm-hmm. but actually you can't and I've had to learn to sort of sit back and go no I can't fix this mm-hmm. so I can help you to fix it or I can give you advice when you need it yeah. but I think you see when people come to it on their own that's more powerful mm-hmm. Than, and it often just gets thrown back in your face if you do if yeah, you are fixing it. too much yeah exactly I think if you can provide that safe space for yeah. the emotion to, to un- yeah. unravel that, I think that's the kindest thing yeah. that you can ever do for somebody yeah um, Yeah. so on a more lighter note in terms of yeah. hope on a daily basis yes. I think like with Josiah with Covid and things and yeah. having I know we have we've made a point of not talking or we try not to talk politics oh, right. and Covid Covid mm. co- Covid Covid Covid, COVID. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast but yeah it it does feel like I was thinking this in the car this afternoon that 
for the last wee while, my life hasn't really been affected by self-isolating or having phone calls or having anything mm-hmm. that I've had to worry about. So I feel like my life is kind you of coming out starting other. to come out the mm. other side again. And it, it feels hopeful that it is. But then on the news, I happen to catch... I, as a rule, I think I've said this many, many times, mm. I don't watch the fucking news. It's too yeah. negative for me. Yeah. And on the rare occasion that I do ever catch the news, and it's just so doom and gloom. Mm. I mean, how can we expect a nation of people to be happy, positive people? If mm. they're listening to that pish... Like yeah. three or four times a day. What? And listening to what the hand filled fucking piss as well. Um, hand. What's the word? Hand, hand fed. Hand fed, yeah. So mm. what they've chosen yeah. to show us as well, yeah. which does, it, that will piss me off always. But it is depressing. See, I, I think that. I swing back and forth with COVID because mm. I was, I think I was at that point where it wasn't really affecting my life. Mm-hmm. And then this week, I think where it has stopped me from fucking even going and having a team day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck off. But, and then just, um, we're booking a holiday and even trying to think about that kind of stuff. And my birthday's coming up and I'm very, very I will honestly knock on that man's door if he You're cancels fucking Christmas again. <laughs> I will. I will go for him because I can't. And I'm trying to be hopeful, but well, even more to that, I'm bringing my birthday forward three weeks Mm -hmm. in the hope that he can't cancel it that early. Yeah. Because I will have my fucking birthday. Well, this is the thing that I keep hearing just now. This is, this seems to be the new buzzword. It's like, oh, you're not going to cancel Christmas. We can't ruin Christmas Mm -hmm. again this year. It's like, fucking hell. I just, I, I mean, I try to choose not to think like that. On the, for the best mm. part of my life anyway I try not to think of the worst possible outcome yeah. but when you're hearing that stuff on a daily basis yeah, how can you not live in fear how can you not think fuck there might yeah. not be I mean with the to- the, the delivery crisis getting, yeah. getting any sort of shipments into the mm. UK at the moment there's going to be so many people who yeah. abuse that right now and stock load on maybe toys or things that will be popular at Christmas yeah. time which mm. there won't be come early December, potentially. No. Then you'll be paying through the price, through the nose for prices that do then become available online. Yeah. And imagine if you can't afford that and mm. you haven't had, or yep. you're not in the position to be able to start doing that Christmas shopping earlier or you're waiting yep. for that November paycheck to be able to, to facilitate Christmas. And yeah, all the turkeys have gone because everybody stockpiled them. It is. Oh, there's no Brussels sprouts and to be had. It's difficult not to sort of get a bit, yeah, mm. fuck's sake. And I think because they did cancel it last year, and I know they didn't cancel it, and I had an, a nice day, just mm-hmm. the five of us. <laughs> it was it, it was fine, but it weren't Christmas. Mm-hmm. It weren't. I'm, I have. I am fucking Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. you need a big Christmas celebration. Christmas is noisy. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's noisy. It's just oh, there's food everywhere. There's drink everywhere. It is just yeah. It's not the five of us, and it was nice, but. I I really hope this year I get to spend it with more people than those yeah. that live in my house because it's just that's what and even it's not just that day like Christmas Caribbean Christmases last like a week because mm-hmm. you go into this person's house and that person's house and then you eat there and then you go eat there and it's just it's fun mm-hmm. you need that you can't take that away from people yeah. and I think that I am truly hopeful that this year we will be 
it will be better. But already they have those sneaking things about masks coming back in mm-hmm. and the numbers are going up and you have to I be aware. I think masks should come back in. They should, well, they shouldn't have gone, really. No, they shouldn't have gone. Because we weren't in a position for them to go. I'm glad they've gone, in a way, because I fucking hate wearing it. But that's a very selfish point of view for me. Mm-hmm. But they do my nutting. But if it's saving shitloads of people's lives, then yeah. what difference? Like, why did we stop it but again I can't get into that man because there's so much about that man and I know it's not just him that's ruined Christmas and my birthday and everything else yeah I know but it is just him that said some of the most racist and vile things I've ever heard in my life Mm -hmm. so don't like him but um yeah I hope that he loses his seat but also (laughs) I hope that Christmas is better that the world just I just want the world to get back to normality just even, like I said, booking this holiday and knowing that there is a possibility mm-hmm. that it could go to shit. And it's it's a very small one at the minute, yeah. but you don't know. And that's... But you can't live in fear of it either. No, if God, you've no, got travel notes. insurance, well, yes. does your travel insurance cover COVID-related stuff? They are now. They charge you more money because COVID yeah, is see, now. This, is, but... this was going to be my next topic, yeah. was actually the, um, the ramifications and the increased price mm-hmm. on fucking everything yeah now i read something the other day which i i do love a bit of a conspiracy theory i'm not a conspiracy <laughs> theorist mm-hmm. but i do love a little bit of a oh my god i never thought of it like that yeah. before well it turns out that fuel car fuel gas um, yes has an expiry date yes i heard, i read this the other day and that even set my little brain oh thinking. jesus christ i mean yeah it doesn't take much it just takes some motherfucking rich person who mm. says, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to hand you that amount yeah. of cash. Put this in your newspaper, will you? Just for yeah. a couple of days. Blog about that and yeah. shove that on yeah. Twitter. And, then and uh, yeah, we'll get rid of all that fuel that wasn't used over the last 18 months because people weren't driving anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't... It, th- give me another suggestion as to why sense. it happened. It makes honestly. Sense. And the fact that it's now fine. And it was fine. It just yeah. literally overnight. There wasn't like a big, there's fuel again, nah, people. It's, it was fine. Oh, fuck, it was start delivering. And they fucking put it up by 10p or whatever it was as well, bastards. Yeah, but then it's the new fuel. Yeah. I mean, is... I don't doubt the fact that they didn't have the drivers to, to deliver it no. in the first place, but how all of a sudden, oh, where did, they, where did they get the drivers from? Exactly. Have they come in from um, Europe no. again? Have they, have they given them their visas till Christmas and then told them to fuck off? Yes, it will, don't get me started mm. on that one. <laughs> Um, no. I mean, I am hopeful that at some point in the future, in our lifetime, in my children's lifetime, that there'll be a power at be that isn't quite so questionable. I, I, There's a more intelligent word to use than I questionable. I do but hope. Be a bit more but again, I think that's, yeah, I think it's, I think this politics, there needs to be such, and that's what I mean when I talk about like even just the systemicness of it all that needs such a shift of yeah. mindset and of people yeah. because um, there are good politicians that, and there are a few that I like, but you need a lot more to make a difference. Yeah, you can't just properly. have one person. It needs to no. be like, oh, fuck the lot of you. So let's just actually, Guy Fox had a really good fucking plan. Yeah. Bomb the building, <laughs> get rid of them all, and then reinstate them okay. with vetted and yeah. kind of credited people who are actually doing good but again, in the world you need to, I suppose, for genuine reasons but this not is for political thing, but you gain. need to be able to get the right people in to do it so you need to get these other look 
more marginalised communities or people from different communities to mm. go, right, I want to get into politics. That would have been the last thing on my mind growing up, that yeah. I want to go into politics. How many schools, say, in inner London mm-hmm. are sitting making politics seem fun, that you want yeah. to get into politics? Yeah. How many in the LGBTQ community are being pushed to go yeah. into politics? It's you're not. It doesn't feel. I mean, it wasn't something that was available. It wasn't like even. It wasn't even taught about. Talked about in school. It was like I know. Like I had absolutely no interest in politics. Mm -hmm. I remember things happening and being like, whatever. Like Mm -hmm. it, it had no impact on my life. And now, I wish I'd had more of an interest, and I wish that, and I'm being a bit of a. Twat anyway, because I don't push it on my kids either, because it is depressing, it is annoying mm-hmm. that they'd be shit politicians anyway, my kids. But Charlie might be all right, but we'd all be <laughs> fucked, <laughs> to be fair. If Charlie took charge, we'd be buggered. But, but yeah, you need to open, and that's what I mean, you need to open up all of these industries mm. to the people that it affects. I was listening to the budget earlier, and I'd turn it off because they were talking, they just... They'd blow smoke out their own asses and how well they're doing. Yeah. But what annoys me... More than anything of what they're saying or what even they're talking about the money side, it did start to confuse me. But at one point, he was like, this is why we have to have a conservative conservatives in power and blah, blah, blah. I was like, do you know what? No, this ain't the time for that. Mm. You're talking about a budget for the whole of the country, the whole of the nation. Let's not start getting into tit mm-hmm. for tat now because it's not the time. Yeah. Because that's stupid. Come together. Yeah, that's it. And this is, you're talking about the budget. You're talking about our money. Yeah. But yet... It's only got to be you. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Just tell me how you're going to give me more money. Yeah. Give me more money. Yeah. And then I'm happy. I would money. um, I would love to see that at some point, you know, there's quite often there's these little revolutions that happen mm. and the underdog kind of yeah. takes over for, for whatever reason. You know, you don't know yeah. that it's happening. You don't know that your friends yeah. are voting for that person. I mean, I haven't necessarily seen it happen before but I don't mm. doubt that it could happen yeah. before that one An of those uprising. like yeah the Green Party or mm. you know somebody who's very pro yeah the future pro yeah. children's education pro sustainability yeah and somebody like that coming into power yeah not I'd in love to say, well, maybe I don't when we're know. living in space maybe that'll oh. happen in our lifetime. That will happen. Not in our lifetime. Yes, it will. Living in space. Yes, absolutely. No, I mean like Earth's gone. All right. We, everyone has to live in space. We've gone, okay. Yeah. Like, so that, you know, like in Star Trek, or I don't know, one of them, where Earth's gone, so then they've had to set up communities in the sky and shit. Okay. Uh, I don't <laughs> no. know. I, I no. can't remember. Okay, I don't know. Star Trek. <laughs> I think Star Trek and Star Wars. They're very different things. Are they? Yes. I don't like either of them. No. They are very different things. <laughs> I don't really do space. It can, it's just, no, it's, no, it's not my bag. But, oh. no. Do you know what? I think that is. I think when you start thinking about the future, and I think having kids, and I think that does change you, because I think when you're a teenager and you haven't got kids, mm-hmm. you don't, brains, yeah, teenage don't brain isn't even set up. They can't, yeah. It's the risk takers. That's what yeah. they are. Yeah. And then you, the minute you have kids, it's like, shit, mm-hmm. what am I leaving my kids? What yeah. world have I given so my kid, and you see, you hear people that go, I don't want to bring kids into a world yeah. like this. And now I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Like, yeah. Completely get but it. But that's why we do something to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be doing. And if everyone was doing that, 
then the world would be a better place. But you need to take away power. Do you ever find when you're having these conversations and you you do start feeling that that weight on your chest that it actually feels really Mm -hmm. like what can we actually do like we're living in this world and it's fucking especially if you're sitting there at 10 o'clock at night you put that shit on the telly boop 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 is the 10 o'clock news (laughs) you're gonna die overnight (laughs) and you start thinking like fuck how how can we actually change all these things and it feels like a real problem. It feels mm-hmm. like a real worry. Like, how are we going to change all these things? Mm-hmm. Then you wake up the next morning, go about your day, and yep. everything's wonderful. And turn, you turn that shit back on yep. again. Or you have a conversation with somebody, or yeah. you hear about some other horrible thing that's happening in some other part of the world. You think, how mm-hmm. am I, in my little bubble, how am I surviving? How am I getting about no. my day? Do you ever think like that? I do, but I think I've had to... I think my mindset very much drowns out what I can't deal with. I've had to learn to do that. And I do have moments where it does, but I think especially doing the anti-racism stuff, I've got to drown Uh a lot out. Because if I don't, that's what I feel that you've seen me when I get, I'm like, okay, I'm burrowed now, Mm -hmm. I'm done. But I am such a firm believer that if everyone just does a little bit, I really do think that. Because it is such a massive thing. And like I said, it it could take years upon years upon years to actually... Mm -hmm make a change and to make a change that's felt across the world because mm-hmm. in a way we are lucky in Britain because we have we're not a poverty stricken country mm-hmm. really we do have pockets of like real deprivation mm-hmm. but compared to some nations around the world yeah. we sit in a very privileged environment yeah that and so we might get to a point where we go right we've we've fixed Britain mm-hmm. like Britain's fixed but then what about the rest of the world yeah. what about the other areas that might not have that that so it's i think that's when sometimes i get a bit like oh my god but the world mm-hmm. is fucking at risk and seeing how covid has hit in some countries some parts of africa and some parts of asia and you just think we sit here and moan about the fucking smallest things when actually like i am i will cry if my birthday gets cancelled mm-hmm. but <laughs> i will have a birthday yeah but there will be people in other parts and other parts of Britain, but a lot of places around the world that are truly living in deprivation. And you mm-hmm. just think that is, I don't, that overwhelms me. I can't watch things like comic relief properly mm-hmm. and like um, children in need. Cause it just fucks with my brain. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, how do we have such a level of richness in yeah. the world when if you got all of those rich people to give up a tenth yeah. of their earnings, you could pick, you could fix poverty mm-hmm. across the world. You could. And lots of people do lots of brilliant things with their mm-hmm. money, and I get that. But it's just that's when I get a bit like, can we ever get to a point where the world is actually equal? Yeah. And I don't know that we can. People like to have the power. I know. That. Do you know what conflicts me is... Um, as much as I love this company, it mm. does conflict me the ethics behind it, and that's Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I admire what they've done. Mm. What they've they've gone from. I mean, I first started. My very first experience of Amazon was to buy a book, and that's how I always oh thought of Amazon was yeah. the place that you go to buy a book online, mm. unless you're going to the library or a yeah. physical yeah. building. So what they've done and what they've achieved mm. is phenomenal, but. 
I mean, to just fly into space for 10 minutes. I mean, Christ almighty. Why? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know enough about him. I don't know Mm. enough about the the philanthropy. Yeah. Philanthropic. Philanthropic. Aspect of his personality Mm. and and his lifestyle and even his business model. But... Mm. It just seems like such an indulgence. And I know well, I know you can't deprive yourself of a life and you can't deprive yourself of experiences because of what somebody else is going through because it's your life to live. But, yeah, but that's a different level? <clears throat> yeah, that's a, that's a totally different scale. Yeah. But when you start thinking about yourself and thinking, well, you know, I'm having a bad day or my life's really shit at the moment or I'm really struggling at the moment. Oh, but actually... I've got it a lot better than the, the refugees that are fleeing Syria at the moment. That, but that doesn't negate no. my feeling no, and how so. I'm... So, no. But it's it's about feeling grateful for what you have got and just putting a yeah. little bit of a spin on it and just yes. broadening your, your mind to think, actually, okay, so this spiral of thought that I've got at the moment isn't actually going to take me down into no. the depths of despair because actually, what I'm experiencing just now is really just surface level. Yeah. For somebody else, their yeah. their like depth of deprivation is far yeah. more significant than what we could mm. ever possibly, probably yeah. experience living in this country. As mm. shit as I think it can be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I'm still living here. I could have the freedom to to move if I want to. Where'd you go? Well. Trev and I would have talked about going to New Zealand. Not like now, but right, when we right. first met, <clears throat> we did. It was a it was a plan for us at some point in our lives to okay. to move. No, see, Sam always says about moving to Spain, like he's an expat, mm-hmm. like immigrant. Um, that, but what am I laughing? Because <laughs> it's true. It's fucking expat. <laughs> stupid phrase. But um, I don't know. I don't know that I would ever as much as. There are issues in England. It is my home. Mm-hmm. It's not... Do you know what? I've started reading again, and I'm going to fucking finish it this time, Afua <laughs> Hirsch's British book. The, and I've tried to read it a few times, and you know I can't do non-fiction, uh-huh. but I love... I'm trying to now educate myself even more, so I've got to do non-fiction. So I've started reading it again, and every time I read it, because I've read it about four times from the beginning, <laughs> so I've read like the first three chapters, <laughs> but she's... So she's mixed race and talks about growing up in Wimbledon and not feeling fully accepted there because she it was a really white place and yeah. so she went to Ghana and was like I'm going to Ghana yeah. this is I'm going to be whole in Ghana and then got to Ghana and was like I'm too British for Ghana yeah so it was like where do I belong yeah actually that she had more of a sense of belonging here where she didn't feel that she belonged but it was more than that and it is just that whole mm. you belong where you are I suppose yeah. in a way and you can go somewhere else but then I look at moving from Croydon to fucking Kent mm-hmm. it's I do feel like Kent is my home mm-hmm. now, mostly. The and South, but South East London is a very different place than when I was there as well. So you've got to take those things into account. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, Sally always says she's going to get an island, and we're just going to set up on an island. Yeah, that I could do. Yeah, on definitely. my own. Though not, would have my own island, and then you could have an island next to me, and Sally could have an island there, and we mm-hmm. can we can commune every so often. Yeah, but on my own. <laughs> Well, let me tell you what my deciding factor was from when I moved from Scotland down to mm. Kent. And 
I pondered, like I've moved before and uprooted myself in places I didn't know people. Like that didn't faze mm-hmm. me at all. But I've often wondered, what is that feeling of feeling like this is my new home? Like I feel mm-hmm. settled here. I, I feel like yeah. I, I know this place. Yeah. And for me, it was knowing that when I drove a road and I was coming back home, that I was on my way home. I wasn't just driving this road well, again, I or I wasn't just driving the A249. It was, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, I'm, I'm nearly home. I recognise mm-hmm. that. And I can tell you the exact corner, you, you might not, it won't mean anything to you because it's not the point in the road that means that it's home for you. Mm-hmm. But you know, as you're coming back from Maystone towards Staplehurst and you pass yeah. Staplehurst Transit, and you've got yeah. that horrible S bend, yeah. and then there's that stupid row of cottage, cottages, and there's yeah. always a fucking car that's always parked a wheel over yeah. the white line. Just before that car annoys me, yeah, okay. that little S bend, that little stretch just there was like, oh, I'm nearly home. Yeah, okay. And it's so weird. It's because when we first moved down here, we're tre- I used to have to drive, we only had one car at the time, mm. and I used to drive Trev to work every morning because he, where his work was based, was kind of just halfway between here and Maidstone so I would drive in there in the morning and come home so I drove the roads a lot in my first couple of months here so the the road became familiar really quickly but when we first moved down it's everything's new the people are new the accent's new even the money's new because in Scotland you've got all different money you've got the three or four different banks in Scotland that provide money and Irish pounds oh really and the English pounds as well so to have everything uniformed and all look the same it was really weird yeah and uh, yeah, and, and the, the driving, the drive, the feeling of driving home is always oh, just okay. that. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. But in other places, like when I lived overseas, it was most of the time it was like a bus route or right, it was a okay. shop on my way home or I'd get to know that the local mm. um, teller in the in New Zealand, right, okay. the, the little shops are called dairies, not newsagents or corner shops are called dairies. Okay. And um, yeah, yeah, so you get to know somebody there and it's just, it, it's a really yeah. weird feeling that, when you, you uproot what? yourself, mm. I I went back to my like childhood road a couple of weeks ago because my one of my best mates still lives on our childhood road. Uh-huh. She lives in still the same house, and it was the first time I haven't been there because we sold our family home not long after I moved here. So I haven't really, and I haven't seen her. I've seen her out, but I drove. I was at my sister's house, so I had to drive to her house which was maybe like 10-15 minutes from my sister's house but as I was driving it was driving on all the roads that I used to we used to just bowl about when we were like teenagers past the park and then drove down a road and I sort of sat in my car for a little bit like this is home and that was still it was I could see us like in our tiny skirts and my baseball jacket like I used to always have a baseball shirt on I loved it and a flat cap backwards that was like my style and there was always like 20 of us just the noise and I could just see us just being absolute dickheads and just thinking and then running from Melissa's house like her house is like the top of the hill to my house at the bottom of the hill and running down like at like two in the morning like shit I'm gonna get killed on my own <gasps> that and it was like this is home God. this is it was so nice to it gave a real content feeling mm. and I don't know that I've got that yeah I don't know that I've got that here mm-hmm. fully yet that yeah I don't know because even no I don't know that I don't know do you feel settled here though you've been here for eight nine years I do feel settled but it is home but whenever I hit Croydon See, it's because Croydon you go back home. and visit a lot. See, I feel yeah. like that when I go up the road. Yeah. Um, 
up the, up the road up to the somebody road. who's not Scottish means <laughs> gone up north road. up the road. Yeah. There is no defining end point. It's just you're going just up the up road. The road. <laughs> Go on, yeah. And yeah. yeah, when I'm up there and I feel like, why did I leave? And then it starts raining or it's drink and it's yeah. it's miserable and you're just like, aha, yes, yeah. this is why we left. But yeah. when you're there and you're around the people that you love and the, yeah. the sound of the people's voices is familiar. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I, I get I get that feeling. I, I totally yeah. get it. It's just, it's contentment, isn't it? It's, it is. I, I think it this. is that. Yeah, I think it is that familiarity of just, mm. yeah. You just got an easy. It's that easiness mm-hmm. of somewhere that, because you know it so well. Mm-hmm. You know the like I said the people, the sounds. Like even like West Croydon, which I've never particularly liked West Croydon, but I feel like I must have been there like, every week to go and buy hair stuff and mm-hmm. food and that. And we was there for my mum's birthday, and we stood outside, and you had all like the the young black youths that look like they're about to kick off at every second, but actually they're just hanging about. Yeah. And that's just, you know, when it was just, they were noisy and there were cars revving and people shouting and you're like, oh, I love this so much. Oh. I did. I just stood outside with my vape for about 10 minutes just going, I love this. this See, if that was a so TV cool. show, that would have been, you would have been standing there and you, the miniature version of you would have yeah. been running around <laughs> with all your friends. I love that. that I cool. always do that. I always think that when... Um, mm. When, when I lose something if this was a film right now the, the next scene would be panning in on where my my lost yeah. item is and it's just like staring up at the screen whatever it's it is very random <laughs> okay. I do I always think if this was a film right now the what next scene yeah, would be yeah. cut into that hidden that yeah, lost item that lost thing yeah. no. down the side of the sofa oh god under the cooker yeah. oh the other day Trevor lost <clears throat> Trevor doesn't have a good track track record with mm. um, car keys, bank cards, and phones. Okay. Least of all phone, least of all bank cards. Right. Okay. Um. Mm. So, at the weekend, he'd taken his car key off of his bunch of keys. Like he's got work keys, and they're right, all jangly, okay. and they're, they make a noise. And fit to be fair, it's quite a big bunch. Yeah. He was only going to Sainsbury's. He took the key off the bunch to go to Sainsbury's. And then proceeded to keep it in his pocket for the rest oh. of the day. And we went to Bedgebury. So mm. Monday morning, <clears throat> oh, he's tearing the house upside down. I just lay in bed and I was kind of just like laughing to myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, this is no. Monday. This has not, to be fair, this has not happened for quite a long time. Oh. It used to be a really regular occurrence right, after his accident. For about four or five years after his accident, it was weekly yeah <clears throat> there'd be some drama yeah. over something so he couldn't find the fucking car key everywhere he kept coming mm. into the bedroom most infuriating thing like i was staying out of the way because he's not mm. the easiest to, to handle when he's yeah. in a kind of tunnel vision mm. so he kept coming into the bedroom and he kept checking this hoodie that was on the back of the door mm. right he kept putting his hand in the pocket and I was like for fuck's sake Trevor it's not on the fucking hoodie you've checked it five times he's like oh fucking hell just looking for my keys oh please help me Claire so anyway it turns out it was underneath my car so weird under your car yeah I don't know how it got under my car he'd reversed my car I don't know where he was going but he'd reversed my car 
and he looked out the window and here it is this little lone key lying underneath that is so random yeah it must have just fallen out of his pocket or something I mean I don't know how far under the car it really was or whether it was just actually at the edge right and it hadn't looked oh I've looked I've looked everywhere have you looked under the car Trev have you looked (laughs) on the grass Trev no so yeah there it was that would have been a very fun film (laughs) (laughs) yes so that's that's what I was thinking and I said that Tony says that is not helpful right now That's not helpful, though, is it? I know, really? but in my head, and I try yeah. and picture where oh. that where that oh, camera God. pan is going to be. I hate losing stuff because it does make me oh, feel like I'm losing my feeling. mind. Oh. And when it's something like that, and you just think, oh. Callum lost his key the other week and found it on the grass outside. Literally, as I was walking, mm-hmm. and it twinkled at me oh. about a week later, as he was trying to get another key off me. I was like, No, you've lost the key. Yeah. You've lost your rights now to ever have a key to my house. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Except that I have to get up and answer the door, so then it's a bit more annoying. But, no. Well, Trev was threatening to, or had had phoned Ford oh. to get a replacement key. And I was like, you do realise oh, how, how much that is going that is. to cost us. Probably more than the car. It's not just you, it's costing us. Because yeah. it's nearly fucking Christmas and oh. we are not spending that kind of money. Okay. I said, you can fucking smash your window. Phone Tom, get him round here, get into the car and hotwire oh. that motherfucker because you're not getting a replacement key. God. Nice. See, learn a new skill. Yeah. It's fine. You've done well, Drew. Bless oh, him. Dear. No. Yeah, see, but you hoped he'd find it and he did. Yeah, he did find it. You it had hope good. in him. I did. The hope was there. Him. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, we'd love to hear your stories of hope. Like, what does it mean to you when you hear the word yeah. hope or how do you inspire hope when you're talking to somebody or... Yeah. Just in general, like saying the word, it's it is it makes it is, you feel good, doesn't it? It's a light word. It's like it balance. It's one of those it's, words, it's mental. That mm-hmm. when you say it it makes you feel hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, there you go. Well, mm. next week it's our birthday. Happy birthday, birthday to us. Yay. Happy birthday to us. Oh, we'll have to do something special. Yeah. Don't know what. Well, there we go. Task you with the thought of something oh, special. I can't think of things. <laughs> <laughs> too late in the day oh right we'll love you this week and we will leave you for our next one bye, bye.